Welcome to Breakthrough Radio, a global business radio show where smarter strategies deliver breakthrough results by adding an entrepreneurial touch driving today's profits. Now, get ready for three powerful breakthrough segments with Michelle Price. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you're tuning in to Breakthrough Radio from. This is Michelle Price here, where we're coming to you from the third coast of Houston, Texas today. And on Breakthrough Radio, we are celebrating the start of 10 years of talking about how to master the internal and external strategies in business. Well, it is the year-end show today, and we started this uh, year-end show thing about five years ago where all our guest hosts come together for that conversation uh, we normally can't have because they each host a different topic on different Mondays of the month. And so here is how we start a breakthrough radio if this is your first visit. Every Monday, we have a five-minute tip at the top of the show where you can go take action on that right now and see your results. Then we have a featured interview that's a 35-minute conversation. It's a nice deep dive into the topic of the day. It allows you to gain a much better understanding, a level of knowledge, and an application for your business. Then we wrap up the show with a 10- to 15-minute breakthrough bite, which is a really nice short bite that's not as uh, you know short as our tip, not as much of a deep dive as our interview, because it allows us to match all the learning styles for our listeners. Now, a quick introduction to our team. Every first Monday, you get to hear Jeff Shuey talk about the intersection between people and technology. Then on the second Monday, you get to hear Stuart Rogers from VentureBeat talk about marketing technology. And then we wrap up that show with a startup spotlight. And then every third Monday, I give a tip on leadership, and Yard Akalu delivers a breakthrough bite on the future of workforce. At the end of the month, on the fourth Monday, we have Finka Jakovic. She talks about human and customer behavior. And then we end the show with Andrea Walsh, who talks about success mindset and how to go for no. And then once in a blue moon, we have a fifth Monday, and we just prize you. <laughs> So I want to thank you for coming to listen to Breakthrough Radio. And if it's your first visit, please make sure you thank the person who told you about us. Here's the scoop. You will want to listen without distraction. That's why you only need to write down one URL. It's www.thebreakthroughradio.com. Now that means that every week you have access to a blog post that gives you the frame of the conversation for each episode. Any and everything that we talk about that day or even today, we reference to resources, we link to it there. It's a way to reach every one of us. As a matter of fact, the way to reach everybody who appeared on Breakthrough Radio that day. So make sure you do go visit and connect with each one of us. And yes, my challenge is do more than follow. Don't just click a button and follow us. Reach out. Truly connect. Ask us a question. Why we have a hashtag, DBS Radio. Engage us in conversation. Do something useful on LinkedIn and Facebook, for goodness gracious. And of course, when it makes sense for your business, we love it when you hire us. So we're going to start our conversation about this year's failures. 
Now, I'm going to make all of y'all's mics live, guys, so if there's any noises around you, go shut the door or tell everybody to shut their pie hole because <laughs> we don't want to hear them while we're trying to talk here on Breakthrough Radio. So I'm about to make mics live here. There goes one. There goes two. There goes three. There goes four. And there goes the last one. So here's the scoop. We want to start with each one of us taking two to three minutes sharing our failure, what it felt like, how we even recognized it, how we dealt with it. And then after we give everybody a turn to do that, we will go back and start all over again, and we will share what we learned from that failure, how, you know, how, what will we do that's different in 2018 because of it? What kind of support will we put into place so that we have a much better opportunity of hitting our new goal? Now, I also thought of something at the last minute, so hopefully everybody read their email. If not, you're going to get caught with your shorts down here. And that is, I wanted everyone to go grab their Fascinate. Uh, that means you need to know your primary and secondary and thinking of that inside and out. You probably knows everybody who ever said there's on the show as well. So if you did not do that, go ahead and hit your search bar now and look for it. It's usually by your They usually create your port with your name. Uh, and, and so I just type, you know, Michelle and Fascinating and it pulls it up on my computer. Um, all right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to go in week order. That, that way it makes it real simple. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of do this uh, a little bit back and forth. What what I'm thinking, because I gave us an extra 30 minutes today, should we need it. Um, that means for those of you all, if you have to get off at 60 minutes, just make sure you, you let us know when you start talking. Um, and, and so we have an idea of maybe if we need to change the order on anything. So. That means, Jeff Rooney, you are going to be the first one to go today. So, hey, dude, how are you? Doing okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, of course, it's raining up here in Seattle today, so that's no surprise, but um, I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to this. Well, we're supposed to get rain here today, too, and I hope not because tonight I'm going to be driving Lyft again, and it's a bear to try to drive with crazy people on the road in rain. So, <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So tell us, you what's just, your failure for 2017? Okay. Yep, just roll right into it. So so, so I, I, I kind of chuckled when you first said week. We'll start by week order, and I, I, I instantly flashed to the homonym of week, W-E-A-K. That, that, was a, that's mm. a, that, that must, be, it must, be, must be the Monday blues. So uh, first off, I'll, I'll say I, I think my probably biggest failure, and I, I wrote three three things down that we might kind of talk about as we go through, but but it was to ask early, and what I meant by that, and we'll go into it in the second part, but it's to ask early, and what it comes down to is we, and you you probably even more than everybody else that's on the call today, we give a lot, a lot, but we don't often ask enough, and I'll, I'll put on obviously I'm talking about myself, so I give a lot. I dole lots of things out, advice and blog posts and radio shows and all kinds of stuff, but I don't always ask for enough. So my, my premise and my, my biggest failure, I think, for 2017 was that we or I didn't ask enough, and I didn't ask early enough, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I'd say maybe what it came down to was uh, I, I've got some examples I'll talk about, I guess, as we go on, but uh, one specific case was 
I knew a project was ending. I didn't ask and plan early enough to avoid that gap in the project. And I didn't, sorry, I, I paid the price for that. The people in the project, they were happy. They got what they wanted. So my biggest mistake or biggest failure in 2017 was not asking early enough. And it kind of relates to my fascinate thing because I'm, I'm the catalyst. And I guess we'll come, we'll come back to that in, as we go with the radio show. Okay. So one of the things that I'm going to say real quickly to listeners that may or may not have listened to the multiple times we had Sally Hogshead on, uh, who is the originator of Fascinate, uh, I'm going to go put a, a link in today's blog post where you can go take uh, the, re- the test, the assessment. It will not give you a complete report, but it will help you identify your primary and secondary core qualities. And you're going to hear us use that language a lot today. So when Jeff referred to himself as the catalyst, his primary core quality is passion, which is the language of relationship. And if you know anything about Jeff, you're probably going, well, duh. And his secondary core quality is innovation, which is the language of creativity. And that's the one that he and I have in common. Jeff, you talked about how um, weak. Okay, so not asking. Yeah, you're making my brain think. Not asking early enough. How did it feel when when that surfaced for you? And 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 how did you actually recognize that you didn't ask early enough? Well, the feeling part was. It's, it's, I mean, in, in the world we live in today, from the consultative aspect and the, kind of the gig economy aspect, the feeling was, hey, I don't have anything going on next week. And some people go, whoo, vacation time. And some people, with, especially with kids in college, say, hmm, this is not good. So it, it, wasn't like a, it wasn't like a hammer to the head and said, holy cow, I've got nothing going on. So I think the, the sort of instant ramification of it was I – I realized that I was so wrapped up in the project. So this is part of, I think it's a little bit of part of being the catalyst is I get wrapped up in the passion side. I get wrapped up in the innovation side and lo and behold, I forget to do the secondary step. And so it's, it was your, your perfect example was you sent a note to us before we hopped on the show today to look at our fascinate guide or our archetype. And it's, it's, I'd, I'd written this the, this segment and the content for this segment a couple of days ago, and I, re, I reread them last night before we came on today. And then when I looked at the fascinate or the archetypes, I was like, "Huh, that's exactly where I'm at." So, I think the the revelation was I realized that I failed to book things next week, next month, and unfortunately, it's a, a known fact. I've done that for a long time, but there's times of year where you, know, you just want to make sure you don't have gaps in your projects, and I did. So I think uh, yeah. the, the revelation was that I just didn't pay attention fast enough and ended up having a gap that I wasn't expecting. Tough one. Totally get it. Well, Stuart, this is the first time we've actually got to have you for our year-end segment, so I'm excited. Let's all cheer. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Michelle. Um, as usual, great to be here, and uh, thank you so much for for having me on live and and in person as opposed to a recording. Um, this is proof that I'm not just a bot. <laughs> You're hilarious, dude. So I've been wondering <laughs> about yours because I've heard from 
you know, people who, you know, Jeff and Andrea have been on the, the show the longest. Well, Don was on the show the longest, and and, and he chose to uh, to step away this past year. By the way, for those of you who missed it on Facebook, Don and I finally got to meet in person. He was just in Houston last week. How cool was that? But anyway, we've never got to hear you talk about, you know, recognizing failures and mistakes, and we've all kind of talked about it with one another multiple times, so I can't wait to hear your answer. Bill beans, dude. Yeah, for me, this has been really quite an interesting and transformative year in a lot of different ways, and I have actually in the last year completely re-engineered pretty much every aspect of what I do, not just um, in work life, but personal life too. And really that came from my realization um, that the way that I was working was was causing me problems. Um, in fact, it was, it was causing me physical pain at times. Um, and that was probably my biggest failure. And of course, you know, I have since rectified that and changed it by re-engineering what I'm doing. So for me, the biggest failure was um, not learning how to um, play during the day. Now, I know that there's going to be an awful lot of entrepreneurs listening to this that uh, are thinking I'm absolutely crazy because, of course, the you know, the thing that we all hear a lot about is hustle. We all hear a lot about working hard, working as much as possible, um, pushing the boundaries. And I was working from, you know, typically 8 o'clock in the morning until midnight, sometimes 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, just pushing through, pushing through, and pushing through. Um, there would be times when I would write 25,000 words in five days and, you know, just basically just keep on going and going and going. And... You know, I've discovered that that's actually detrimental to the quality and the, of the work, the creativity that's involved in my work. Um, you know, as a, as a journalist and analyst, as a content producer, um, as somebody that has to stand up and, and, and speak on stage, you know, the, the stuff that I put out there has to be interesting and it has to be quality and it has to be creative. And what I was finding was that because I was just working, 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 I'd get into like a mind fog by about two or three o'clock in the afternoon and the rest of the day would be slow and it would be like trudging through treacle in fog. And, you know, that's never a good situation. So, so my biggest mistake was just giving into the hustle. And, you know, the, the hustle is not a good thing. Um, I'm going to come out and, and say it absolutely categorically. I've, I've learned since. Um, by re-engineering everything uh, that I'm doing, but uh, actually there's a much, much better way. You know, the thing I find about this conversation uh, that's so interesting and fascinating to me is that I've met people that need to hear that message about hustle because they get stuck in the gear of play too much, and I've met people like, almost everybody on this show who are high achievers and live through a lot of, uh, through, through the character of excellence. And we hustle so much, we sometimes will fall over because we forget, even though we know the value of play, we forget to do it. Because we just, it's in our character to do the right thing first. <laughs> or, or even have to learn that the right thing is not always work. Uh, and, and one of the things I'm really excited about 
for our, our local uh, startup growing team is we've got a home now uh, at, at a new campus that's being built here, and the, the founder and the CEO of that home l really knows how to tap into Philly and how important it is. And so I'm actually looking forward to working with that team because I remember what it was like to be uh, married to my son's father. We were both entrepreneurs. We ran multiple businesses together. And he did a very good job of making sure that we integrated play with work because he knew my my focus was just going to be get it done, get it done, get it done, and and it was all. We always had much better results when there's someone on the team that understands the importance of play and silly and that creative side of things, that 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 artistic thinking that tends to tap into that more. So, hmm, can't wait to hear the second half of how you're going to put this into action. <laughs> yeah, and it's, all right. It's, it's so been, it's been kind of like the most interesting journey of all actually Michelle I mean you know just in terms of, of when we talk about this a little bit more later um, the the thing that I've learned the most might actually be a little bit shocking uh, but we'll leave it there as a as a teaser because I'm a marketer at heart and that's what I do <laughs> we can always count on you for that that is for sure <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, let's see, third week. So uh, if we're going in exact order, that means I need to go next because I deliver the tip and then we'll hear from Yard. So my lesson this year was surrounded by an experience of significant loss. I was drastically affected by Hurricane Harvey, and I had no idea how emotionally traumatizing it can be to deal with that. You can imagine it promise you it will never live up to the depth that your psyche will take during that sort of loss and so I experienced horrible nightmares of drowning and I had panic attacks every time it started to rain and 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 not even knowing what will trigger you or having an answer for a lot of people that when you do you know go out into public they're all like oh how are you doing and and and, and you know, you really appreciate their, their caring side. But the thing that's frustrating is because you never know what's going to trigger you, you're constantly having to hold back tears of just feeling overwhelmed. Uh, and, and, and so, mm, yes, this was a very, very, very uh, interesting year. And, of course, I will share later how I'm going to do something with that. But... Yeah, I think I covered it all. What it was, how it felt. Uh, it was pretty easy to recognize. You didn't have a choice. My brain was literally uh, functioning off the amygdala 24-7. I mean, you, you know, someone could say something and you feel really good and warm inside, and then the next minute you were on the floor in tears like a puddle of melted butter. So, ugh. Your turn, Yarid. <laughs> Yeah, Michelle, I think I, I share uh, some of the feelings uh, that you experienced as a uh, person affected by the flood as well. <clears throat> and it's it's really great to hear uh, you say that about uh, the hustle also, Stuart, because as we all know, uh, everyone listening today, you know, hustle nonstop is, is not sustainable uh, with without a, a break or two in there. So, 
I, I I took it upon myself immediately after uh, Harvey to to continue pushing forward and getting out um, a, a campaign for a Kickstarter at at all costs. And I'm tremendously proud of of you know my business partner and and I for doing it. Uh, but it also uh, you know as we were doing ten different things uh, simultaneously. I also found some things uh, and, and learned some lessons about <clears throat> how I took some things for granted uh, r- r- regarding communications. And uh, I think that's really helped me at the end of this year really look at focus and prioritization and not taking what I know for granted to ensure that, you know, what what my goal is that I am making sure that others also understand. So essentially it's, 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 you know, over communicating now. So we make sure that everyone is aligned and everyone understands, you know, what needs to get done going forward. So that was my, my lesson learned. And, you know, it's, it's still always, it's always a, a improvement process, right? Continually improve improvement process for, for us to, um, to go through. So that's my my first takeaway for our show today. Well, Yard, I'm curious to ask you, before I ask you, though, I'm going to do a quick reminder uh, to Stuart because he can be doing this while everybody else is, is doing their share. I don't know if you saw the email, Stuart. I don't know, I don't know that you ever took the Fascinate, um, but I sure, sent you the I link. Did. Did, oh, are you referring to Stuart? Stuart? Yes, Stuart, I don't know that you ever took to Fascinate. Um, And so I sent in the email the link and the code to do that. It literally takes five minutes. It's so fast. Um, That way, when we come back around, uh, you should have yours in front of you because it gives you an immediate assessment. So real quickly, Yard, share with everybody what you're... Very good at following instructions, Michelle. So I, I did actually do it just ahead of the show, so I do have my results for you. Ah, love it. Okay, okay. Then, so before before I have Yard give you, since I passed you up because I was, I was assuming you didn't have time to do it, what's your primary and your secondary core qualities? So my primary core quality is innovation, and my secondary is power. Interesting. So you're the maverick leader. I can totally see that, like pioneering, irreverent, entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to have all kind of things to share with you <laughs> during the second half of it. <laughs> cool. You know, well, thank you for for doing that. Um, Yared, real quickly remind us, because it's been so long since we've talked about this, what's your primary and secondary core quality? Sure. My primary is mystique. And my secondary is prestige. Ah, okay. So you're the royal guard thing. You know, it's funny because um, I so totally see you having – so mystiques is the language of listening. And, and, and so yeah. that's like such a gift if you've ever had the opportunity to meet Yard in person. Um and, and And I totally get the way that we relate to one another is is really off the whole prestige because prestige is my primary so that that sense of excellence <laughs> in everything we do no wonder your launch made you almost have triplets <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm not laughing yeah, at you. I'm laughing with you. I know what we are no. like. <laughs> I know. Well, look, and that's also a, a very powerful thing to understand about yourself. And, you know, I can tell, I can tell you that perfection is, is uh, the enemy of progress too. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's what we all operate as uh, entrepreneurs. You know, we, we, we have to get it out the door and we can't sometimes sit and, worry about everything being uh, as perfect as possible. Yeah, because I still totally remember when you started talking about this whole project, what you were creating with Alcove, and and, and, and honestly, Yard, you were a little too secretive with it. I understand why you were, but I'm like, dude, just get that shit out there and let people say (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my! Well, look, we we have a patent pending on it now, so yeah, the whole world. I want I want to sing it out to everyone and let everyone see it, touch it, feel it, experience it. <laughs> oh God, perfect! All right, so we're gonna shift over into gears into the fourth week. That means the next person who's like an expert right next to Sally on Fascinate is our very own Thinking to Kovic. How are you, Thinka, baby? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me, and I'm, I'm so excited about this call. This one um, is, I think, it's the first one we all get to be on together and to hear and have a glimpse into everyone's life, so it's, it's kind of cool. So really happy to be here. So uh, for me, um, I'm going to start with my, my biggest lesson for this year um, was this um, sense of being everything to everyone uh, translates being nothing to no one. And, um, and I say, I'm going to probably pick off of, um, I think it was Stuart that was talking about, or no, it was uh, Jeff was talking about giving a lot. And, and it's not so much giving a lot. I always, it is giving a lot, but it's, it's saying yes to, to yes to everything that comes my way. And um, I started the year with a real, you know, specific focus on, you know, two pieces of work that I really wanted to get out the door uh, by the time, you know, this year was out. And... Um, you know, set focus goals, started moving towards them, um, and then opportunities start coming up, and, and, and they're really tempting opportunities, whether they were, you know, great opportunities because of, you know, revenue potential or expanding audience and network or um, just, you know, fun things to do. And what was happening for me was I started saying yes to those things. And by the time, you know, the halfway year mark came, which was about end of May to beginning of June, I was completely exhausted. I was overworked. And I really, you know, it, it was time to kind of just, um, you know, it, it was like this awakening. It was like, I can't do this this way anymore. I really need to do things differently. And it was interesting because I started the year with this intention of, you know, really being focused and specific and wanting to get these two pieces of work out. But then, you know, those attractive projects come on, the noise, busyness, and distraction vortex takes over that tornado. And I got, you know, I got, I got caught up in it. And... Um, I'm going to say, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, um, you know, with my Fascinate profile, I'm a trendsetter, and so my primary is innovation and my secondary is prestige. And those are, you know, completely in action with what had happened to me for, for most of uh, this first part of the year uh, for me. And um, innovation being, you know, I love 
ideas. And I, the Achilles heel to ideas is getting distracted by big shiny object syndrome. And I am a victim, <laughs> sufferer, and I love ideas. There's something about them that really, I get so jazzed up about them, but they also distract me from my main goal. And, and so really um, harnessing the, pro, po, the, um, the possibilities of creativity at the same time, how do I use that energy and continue to create on the bodies of work that are really important to me? And so that's been a critical piece of, uh, of that. And then the prestige, uh, you know, I, I love what you said, Michelle. It, it is the language of excellence. And, and I think that really feeds that part of me where oh, I can do that and I can help you there or I can up-level that. And I'm always the one that when I'm looking at a project, it's like, no, how about we do this and we do it this way and somehow I end up with more work at the end of this. I'm like, how did, I, how did this happen? <laughs> And so really, again, <laughs> using, um, using my creativity, the innovation and the prestige to bring a level of excellence, but harnessing it in a way where I get really specific on a particular uh, body of work, which was critically important for me this year. And I'll talk a little bit about my, my, what I'm doing differently or I'm going to attempt to do differently as I look forward to 2018. Well, something that really stood out for me when you were sharing how it felt and you said, I can't do this this way anymore, whereas most people will say, I can't do this anymore. Okay, that qualifier in there told me <laughs> you, even though you were approaching the, the problem, you approached it from a very different perspective than most people do, which hello, that's what innovation does. We approach it really <laughs> differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, thanks for noticing that. And I think sometimes it's um, it's the investment we have in, in, you know, I believe that each and every one of you on this phone, uh, on this call right now, as well as all of you listeners, um, you have a specific mission and message to bring out through your work, in your life, and in your relationships. And that noise, busy vortex of distraction gets us away from that and and so yeah so it's how do you get that bigger investment in that mission that we're all here to, to deliver on and not giving up on it which you know there is another way <laughs> there is another way and if I, I you know I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the the route of figuring out what that way is and I'll keep you posted along the way well I love it because it also goes to show the power of language you know sometimes when I bring up to people the significance of the little tiny shifts in how they say things. And they might not be there where they can fully embody it and own it yet. But to me, starting with the word, I mean, if we want to, everybody already knows who, who has listened to Break the Ready for any amount of time knows I'm not religious. I'm the spiritual chick. And so the to me, the lesson in that is, you know, back to the whole thing of spoken word is where power is. That's where you're putting your intention together with the energy of saying it out loud. And so I'm like, if you're going to say it out loud, say it in a way that actually takes you in the direction you want to go. So learning how to put those qualifiers in there, even if you aren't there yet, at least is like helping you navigate the direction you want to go. So I just love the fact this way. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so that means you 
our we get to hear from Andrea, our go for no gal, which is always kind of interesting this time of year because <laughs> she's all about helping us understand how to go for no and 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 not giving up. And so it's always fascinating to me to to learn what your big mistake was for the year. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you, Michelle. And yes, I look forward to this show because. I am a proponent of failure, and, uh, of course, the go-for-no philosophy is all about you have to fail your way to success, and you're going to hear a lot of no's in order to hear yeses. And so um, I, I, I firmly believe that. My big failure this year was a failure of being coachable and a failure of giving up control. And what that resulted in was actually it was a double failure. I made the same mistake twice, which is so, I mean, it, you know, in, in the world of, um, and we all hear fail fast and fail harder and fail, 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 and, um, and I'm a proponent of that, but of course you have to fail, fail in such a way and fail intelligently so that you um, step back and analyze your mistakes. That's why I love this show that we do every year because I think talking about our failures and 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 digging out the learnings are so key. So I get to do that twice. Um, I, the, the, the failure came down to something very tactical, and I say I wasn't coachable. Um, I, I just refused to give up control in this particular area, and I learned a hard, painful lesson. So one of the things that Richard and I, my husband and I, do on the side in addition to our um, I guess you'd call it corporate speaking and um, and sharing this go for no message is um, fiction writing and so we created this fiction series and we spent the last two and a half years um, writing a 10 book 2500 page um, series that someday could end up I mean, hopefully Dream of Dreams end up on Netflix or something like that, but it's a paranormal suspense. And we, because we are creatives and artists, have a very hard time giving up control. As you can imagine, a lot of, you know, artists are and a lot of business people are. We're entrepreneurs, right? That's why we, in part, why we go into business for ourselves is we let, we enjoy the control. We want to, we, we have our hands tightly grasped on the things that we want to create and that we want to build. So we designed our first book cover and it didn't do very well. It didn't, it didn't, um, it, it, it just, we're not book designers. We think, we'd like to think that we are. We like to think that we somehow have a divine way to get across our message to the marketplace. And so instead of hiring um, somebody who knows what they're doing, we, again, designed our the next book cover. <laughs> and so we did that. Um, and But this time we were a little smarter because we said, all right, we'll, we'll let's, work it and work it until we find exactly what we are in love with. And we finally found the image that we were in love with. And we were in love with it. I mean, we were like, this image is perfect. And it, and it's an image that um, is actually, so, so the series is called Onyx Web. And the series, the image is a skull and the skull is created. The image is actually created by a bunch of spiders. So it's very cool. However, it is also very horrific. Like it, it, it 
it really says horror, not what our series is, which is more of a family drama, supernatural, suspense thriller. This thing really shouted horror. But, of course, we are not we, – we refuse to listen because we want to do what we want to do. <laughs> so um, so we cr- had this cover created, and we put it on all the ten books and spent two and a half years and created this amazing series. And the fans that we did get absolutely, like, just love it, but – Still, the series wasn't selling, and so we decided we would. We hired a consultant who really knows fiction, really knows fiction. And the first thing he said was, "Well, you guys have a problem with your cover." And so we had to step back and say, "Okay, so this is so. So what you're telling us is we need to get a new cover." He said, "Yeah, absolutely." He said, "It's not right for your audience. You, you know, it's just not right for for your audience." And what we realized was, and this this comes down to packaging and it comes down to this was this is a lesson that we so got we we were so we so wanted to do what we wanted to do we wanted to have the control and we we wanted to be different and what we learned was different is not necessarily better you know stand, we wanted to stand out we wanted we didn't want to be the same old same old that you see on Amazon when you go look at you know suspense paranormal covers they all look the same well there's a reason that they all look the same is because readers who want to read that stuff buy those things so here we were it was like it, it was like the equivalent of us saying well, we, we've developed this new orange, and it's the tastiest, most delicious orange. We, we love it, and people say they love it. And so instead of just going with an orange color, though, we're going to color this orange blue. And people will love it because they'll go to the <laughs> orange section in the grocery store, and they'll see the blue orange, and they'll say, oh, this orange is different. Well, guess what? People don't want blue oranges. <laughs> they want orange oranges. <laughs> So uh, as much as we wanted to be different, it was a very hard, expensive lesson, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap up the story when we get to me later, but the overarching thing, the thing that I had that my husband and I both had to step back and look at was we just refused to listen. We, we, we read, we, we, und- we knew that that was the way to go, that everyone else in the marketplace was doing what we should have done from the beginning, but we just weren't co- were not coachable, and um, so the stubbornness sometimes and the control um, is is definitely it's a hard lesson. And so we finally were beaten down, and we finally just said, you know what, we have to admit we don't know what we're doing. Like we just don't know. So painful lesson um and hopefully third time's a charm and we won't be doing this again (laughs) so remind us again what's your primary and secondary core quality i'm exactly like yared i'm um the uh mystique and i'm the royal guard the mystique ah okay yeah yeah okay you know and the prestige yeah um, yeah 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 so when we when we go when we start to talk about the the fascinate piece, which will be the third section, it, it might might be helpful um, to have Finka give you a little feedback on that. So we'll do that in order. So there is one there's one thing that I do want to do out of order because I I'm not surprised. I just got the message um, from Stuart 
in Facebook Messenger that he has to leave on the hour, and you know he's the one who's like calling the furthest away. He's calling from England, <laughs> so we, we we're gonna Jeff, if you don't mind, we're gonna bump Stuart in front of you so we can talk about what his uh, answer is for 2018, and then we're gonna do his fascinate piece right behind that, um, and then we'll go back to regular order. Is that cool? That works for me. No problem. I look forward to hearing Thank Stuart's you. thoughts. <laughs> All right, Stuart. So share with us what are you going to do differently in 2018? Now that you've talked about your failure, um, your mistake, what, what, how, how is that going to catalyze into your lesson and different actions and how you're going to support yourself in those different actions? Um, yeah, absolutely. And thank you, by the way, Jeff. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing my own thoughts sometimes, too. Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be a really interesting year. Um, I've already been putting the changes into action, and I've already seen the difference. And, and, and it is uh, kind of remarkable, actually, that uh, I'm talking to you from the UK, because, um, as I said, I've re-engineered pretty much every part of my life. Um, over the last year, and that includes how I live as well as how I work. So uh, I've become a full-time digital nomad. So I actually uh, you know, effectively got rid of the house, and uh, what I have is a suitcase. That's my house. I have a backpack, which is my office, and I have a yoga mat, and that's my gym. And I moved from city to city uh, and country to country once every one to two weeks, just uh, you know, travel the world. Um, so... In fact, I've just got back from Hawaii, so I would have been on a much, much better time zone for you if we did this last week. Um, so it's, it's kind of remarkable I'm in the UK at the moment because I, I don't typically uh, tend to stay here that much. And that's, that's part of this re-engineering. Um, it's part of not giving into the hustle and not doing the 8 a.m. till midnight uh, day. And you know, one of the things I've discovered is that by mixing work and play, exactly what you said earlier, Michelle, that, that whole idea of mixing work and play, um, that has already started to show me that that is definitely the right way forward. Um, now, in terms of mixing work and play, there's been so much that has been written about this by uh, some really incredible people. Um, you know, uh, Steve Wilson wrote a, a great book about this, um, and, you know, I, I, I really recommend... Uh, that people go and read that. Uh, Brian Sutton-Smith has uh, done a, a similar thing and, and has uh, written a fantastic book on mixing work and play. Um, you know, it, what it does is, and, and what I've discovered is that, uh, and I'm only really just just starting on this journey, um, so I haven't discovered everything yet, and I think in 2018 this is going to be uh, another, another year of uh, absolute discovery for me. But I have been uh, mixing work and real play. So... You know, for example, when I've been in Los Angeles, um, there have been moments where I'll do some writing and then I'll dive in the ocean or I'll do some writing and then I'll cycle from Santa Monica to Venice, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And you, you mix in real play in with the work. And what actually happens is, you know, I've been working on those days when I've been uh, conforming to this new idea. I've been working maybe three or four hours in the day. Now, that sounds like not very much, but what actually happens is that the work is incredibly productive. The work is incredibly creative. 
Um, the work is incredibly high quality because you don't ever have that mindful. You don't ever have that situation where you're staring at the screen for so long that when you look away from the screen, everything in the world looks two-dimensional. You know, I think we've all had that situation where it takes a few moments to actually realize the depth because you've been looking at a screen for so long, everything is flat. And, you know, that's the thing that um, I've discovered the most is that, you know, in your typical sort of maybe in a cubicle, maybe not, maybe in an open office, but in your typical stare at the screen kind of 21st century internet driven job, when maybe you're working for eight or nine or 10 hours, you're probably only working for three or four of those hours productively and creatively and effectively anyway. So what I'm doing by mixing work and play is, first of all, there's a lot more balance in my life. Um, Second of all, uh, everything I do is much more creative and productive and effective. And uh, thirdly, I'm not going to kill myself early. Um, I might still get run over by a bus tomorrow, um, and we can't control that, um, but at least... I'm not killing myself by working too hard. And that's the biggest thing I've learned so far. Um, I'm still putting that into action in, in all sorts of different ways and coming up with creative ways to, to play um, through the day that uh, uh, you know, will really sort of drive this home in 2018. But uh, that's, the, that's the biggest change for me. So what are you going to, out of curiosity, <clears throat> what are going to be the things that allow you um to support yourself in in doing that, you know, sometimes having rituals do. I mean, it's just it's different for everybody. But we all know whenever we're trying to do something different, finding ways to support us in embodying that into our lives has a big difference as to whether or not we'll be successful in it. You know, it's it's beyond the idea. It's beyond. Um, even sometimes sending ourselves uh, uh, calendar reminders. It's it's being able to put some form of support system together for ourselves. So what do you think that's going to look like for you in this situation? Yeah, I mean, the the re-engineering of, of, of my living situation is part of that because, you know, that forces adventure and excitement and uh, interesting experiences oh. every day. Um, you know, by, by traveling around all the time, you're always, you know, somewhere new. Um, you know, people ask me how I decide uh, where to go um, and, you know, where should I go next? I mean, part of that is driven by work. I do speak at various tech conferences uh, around the world. Um, there are some very generous people who think that uh, my speaking fee is not completely extraordinary. And uh, they do actually pay it, which is nice. Um and so they, they have me come and stand on stage and uh, speak words, uh, which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and, you know, that drives where I might go. Um, but then the rest of the time, I go where my friends are. And that's the most important thing um, for me. So, you know, choosing a location is not about choosing somewhere because I want to go and see the sites. Um, you know, from my perspective, I saw the sites when I was younger. Um, I can tell you that uh, I've seen the Eiffel Tower. And I can confirm it's exactly where I left it the last time I saw it. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the sites. We don't need to see the sites again. What we do need to see is we need to see our friends. We need to catch up. We need to have dinner with them. We need to have drinks. And, you know, I don't, I don't eat alone. I don't drink alone because I go places where my friends are. And uh, sometimes that's, uh, there's, there's like a confluence of conference life and friend life 
you know, for example, at Web Summit in Lisbon, um, I had three separate groups of friends all converging on one place because, of course, that's a huge a conference. You know, 50,000, 60,000 people go to that um, this, uh, well, went to that this year. Um, I had friends from, from Russia, from Europe, from Israel, all in that same place. My Facebook Messenger group that I put together to coordinate the nighttime activities and make sure nobody's left alone and everyone's got a friend uh, was actually me and 98 of my closest friends. You know, that's the kind of level of, uh, you know, friend groups that uh, that I've managed to build gotcha. around the world. And, you know, that's that's important. And so, you know, that helps to foster this attitude of, of work and play because, of course, you know, there's always inspiration, not just from my own mind, but from other people's um, in terms of right. you know, how can we go and do something fun and interesting. Did you get a chance to take your Fastmate while others were talking? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I had uh, primary as, as innovation and secondary as power, um, of course. So, ah, okay. Uh, power. Hmm. Maverick leader, that's right. We talked about that. Pioneering. Yeah, I totally see the whole irreverent. You use that really well, especially on the radio show. <laughs> I'd be curious <laughs> to ask you things since your level of expertise like, is so much deeper on on that, even though I feel like I live it every day. Um, what, what quick, like this 30, 60 second advice would you give Stewart, knowing his primary and secondary core qualities, what could he, how could he utilize that to support his goal for 2018? So I'm going to first well, say, as a maverick leader, you are definitely um, the the change in your lifestyle and the way you're choosing to work is is signs of a sheer maverick leader. Living, you know, your backpack, your yoga mat. What was the third thing you said? You have your I got my suitcase. Yeah. Your suitcase. Yeah, there you go. Your suitcase is your house. Your backpack, your office, <laughs> and then you got your yoga mat for for taking care of you. So, I love that, and I think, you know, that is the irreverent, the entrepreneurial approach that really, you know, exemplifies what a maverick leader is. And one of the things I think um, that it, it's for all of us because this is not something any of us can avoid is when we run the um, when our advantages or these you know, signature qualities you bring of innovation and power when they can get us get in the way. And uh, we, we, we double down on them. And so instead of bringing this balanced approach to the way you live and the way you work with innovation and power, what happens uh, with um, when we're stressed or have too much on our plate, um, you know, or, or over exhausted, overwhelmed, you know, just a lot going on, whatever it is that triggers us not to get in, be at our best, what can happen is you bring too much power. And so instead of this balanced approach of innovation plus power, you bring power plus power. And so I guess my, my, my red flag, and this is for each and every one of us, as we start embarking on the next year and the new goals and the new visions that you want to bring forward, is really being mindful of when are you out of alignment and you're not bringing both of these signature qualities to the table and you might be bringing one more than the other and you're double downing on it. And so what happens is, and I'll use you as an example, uh, Stuart, with the, with the power. So power you might bring um, 
too much power, so you might be perceived as being very the aggressor. Instead of the maverick leader, you show up as the aggressor, and so you become, you know, dominant, overbearing, and it's basically, you know, Stuart's way or no way. And so, you know, just being mindful of what might be the trigger that gets you in that in that zone. And then the other, with innovation, which um, I'm going to say many of us have on this call, is again getting uh, distracted by big shiny object syndrome, the things that you know, getting way too creative. And, and what happens is that archetype is called the anarchy, and it's described as volatile and chaotic because there's just way too many ideas. And so, you know, I think, you know, being constantly aligned to, you know, the lifestyle that you're choosing to live, which I think is brilliant, um, and how do you continue to navigate, you know, that, um, you know, bringing in your best um, and, just, and being mindful of these, these, these trigger things that get us out of our, out of our best form. So that, that's my piece on what Fascinate can tell you about about you. Yeah, and I think that's really well, interesting. I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, I have to say, I, I don't think that you um, can live the sort of digital nomad lifestyle without something that has truly changed my life over the last um, year or so and has really allowed me to become as fluid as is humanly possible. Fluidity is incredibly important for, for being a nomad because things go wrong a lot, especially when you travel, you know, 100,000 miles a year plus on a plane. Um, you know, moving around once every one or two weeks, lots of stuff goes wrong. So you have to be able to have very level stress levels, very even stress levels. Um, you have to be able to be incredibly fluid and, and be able to change direction at any moment and let things just basically flow through or around you and so you know one of the things and uh it's really changed my life over the last year has been daily meditation and you know that's uh something that didn't just um sort of calm me down or, or help me deal with my stress levels it actually reprogrammed my brain in terms of focusing on what's important um, in life right now, as opposed to what I used to do and what I think a lot of people do, which is focusing a lot of energy on things that have already happened and therefore you can't change them, but continuously focusing on those um, or focusing on what other people are doing. And of course, you have no control over those either. So, you know, the ability yeah. to stay incredibly fluid and focus on the present and what I can control has allowed me to keep my stress levels incredibly even, which helps me keep things in balance. Um, I don't That's mean awesome. to say that it never goes out of balance because, of course, it does. <laughs> but um, certainly daily meditation has made a massive difference to my life. Well, thank you. I want to make sure that we're mindful and we give enough time for everybody to go through their second piece, but I want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable and allowing us to like just really talk about this at its core because I'm sure there's you're not going to be the only person who's finding themselves living a nomadic life this next year so we look forward to hearing from you in January yeah absolutely um it's been an absolute pleasure as usual um I'm sorry I have to dive off right now um if anybody is interested in building a daily habit for meditation I recommend you download an app called calm c-a-l-m um, you do the seven days of calm program followed by the 21 days of calm program. 28 days later, you've built a daily habit. Um, it's the get into daily meditation. And, you know, I think uh, everyone should uh, give it a shot, especially if you're an entrepreneur and, and trying to make your business happen on a daily basis. Cool. Thank you, Stuart. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in January.
Yeah, likewise. Hope everyone has a fantastic time over the holiday. Take care. All right. So, Jeff, it's your turn. Okay. So we want to talk about what we learned and how we put it into action, right? Yep. Okay. So I think what I learned, so for my, my initial premise was that I, didn't, I, I gave too much and I didn't ask early enough. And what I learned from that are two things. One is, and you can take them in either order, is I need to have introspection and I also need to listen. And, you know, of course, in theory, you should listen before you introspect, at least I guess. Uh, so that's why I say it can be in either order. So but from the introspection side, what I found is I can't take or should waste a lot of time overanalyzing it. But what I've also found works really well, instead of doing, and it actually ties right into what Stuart just said, is you can't sort of fix the past. I mean, we, even though uh, a lot of people have uh, tried revisionist history, and they're certainly trying it in various governments right now, but you can't change the past. So what I've, instead of just doing a postmortem and being purely introspective and worrying, if you will, over what happened, is to do a pre-mortem. I know that's a little, uh, a little uh, more of it, I suppose, in a sense, but by the choice of words. But the idea of a pre-mortem is, and this is what I've been doing for the past probably six plus months, is asking the questions I, I think I've always asked, but now I'm really pushing them up front and to explore ideas, explore expectations, and then set SMART goals. I know SMART goals are a you know, 20, 30, or 50-year-old thing, but the, in, in the modern vernacular, it's metrics or, or commitments. But it's do, you get, set up a premortem and explore what are we trying to do here, what are our expectations, what does success look like, and then set goals around that. And then, of course, within that introspection, and it can, can run both before, during, and after, is to really listen. And I say listen to the unspoken things. And that's a little bit of body language. So, of course, we're, on, we're in various places around the world right now, so you can't really see body language. But you try and listen and, and, and in a sense read between the lines. But listen to those unspoken authors, and it ties right back to the sort of the ask early and just make sure you understand what the other side of the equation wants out of this. And I, I think it actually kind of ties to some of what I've heard from Jared and Stuart and Finca and Andrea too. So I think the first thing from a you know, kind of a first aspect was ask early, but in order to make sure you're getting to the right points in the end is be introspective and to really listen. And then finally communicate what you've learned, whether it's in words, whether it's in blog posts, whether it's on a radio show, or standing on a rooftop of a building with a bullhorn, whatever whatever way works for you. But ultimately, it's introspection, listen, and then communicate. All right, so I want to make sure I remembered correctly. You are primary passion and then secondary innovation? Correct, yes, the catalyst. Okay, yeah, I totally get the whole social in, social engine, in, energizing. Oh, God, are you like, social energizing on steroids. So I'm sitting here thinking when, um, because it makes so much sense to me with your primary being passion and that, you know, the whole language of relationship, you're all about relationships. But I'm wondering if what may have been your uh, quick same moment this past year is you were thinking about relationships with everybody else versus a relationship with yourself. I think I, I'd be curious to ask you, does that sound like that's pretty on point? Oh, I love that. that, that, is, that yeah, so yeah. on point. And I also go back to what Jeff started with when you said, you know, 
giving a lot, and that that is stems from you are a people person, and you you one you get the the you know you get drive and you get fulfilled by connecting with others and by giving to others, and so that lesson around I'm going to say you know to deepen that introspection and listen, having a question and listening is having a question in there for you where you you ask yourself what do I need in order to either make this happen. Who do I need to ask help from? Uh, who can support me from this? And so you're going to still, you know, there you're going to still have that people part, that relationship connection part. And at the same time, as part of this pre-mortem, <laughs> before you go in, you're already proactively thinking about who do you need to ask for help from so you don't go it alone or you don't take on too much and give. And so, and there might even be, I'm going to say, some people that you um, wrap around you to, to, rem- to give you, you know, for me, it's my husband all the time. And he looks at me and he's like, Finca, you're doing too much. You're, that's another idea you're going down. Another rabbit hole, is that really what you want? And so are there key people around you that can, you know, be your red flag noticers if you know, because we're worse, we're our own and en- en- worst enemy. So, um, can you assign people that job to watch out for you when they notice you're giving too much? So, that'd be my 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 two cents on that. Sounds like a yeah, perfect I, I two cents. I call that more like a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's it's, it's I'd say one hundred and one dollars. <laughs> Oh, you know, I think that that support is going to really help you uh, hit that more frequently and consistently in 2018. So that's beautiful, Jeff. I'm loving it. I'm so going to ask you about it every first Monday. <laughs> Fair enough. And I, and I know it won't surprise you. And, and Andrew, probably not either, because she already commented that I've been live tweeting. Um, so even though multitasking is a myth, I still think, I, I still believe it. But uh, you, you don't be surprised if you see a blog about this. <laughs> that sounds really good, though. All right, so we did Stuart, because uh, my brain is really going in order. All right, so then that means, oh, gosh, gee, okay, dang. All right, I'm up. Um, so, <clears throat> 2018, I am playfully looking for ways to explore being empty. I'm going to let that just hang out there for a minute. You know, there's there's a vacuum that comes from a significant loss in one's life. And what I've discovered is most folks are way too quick at trying to find things to fill the hole that a significant loss has left. And since my secondary core quality is innovation, um, you know, I'm always looking for different ways in which to do things, and so I am really going to lean on that quality in 2018 to allow me to just have fun with going, how can I choose to be empty today? And what will it allow me to accomplish I had not fathomed? I think just too many times we're constantly striving to achieve, especially if your primary core quality is prestige, because excellence is always about consistent improvement. And I'm still going to leverage that consistent improvement. I'm just going to leverage it in a way that, to me, is more playful and is going at it from left field instead of right field. How can I do that? 
from a place of being empty. <laughs> All right, thank God. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, it is um, amazing, very avant-garde of you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And so that is, uh, you know, you're, you're two steps ahead already. And you know what came up to mind for me was um, this idea of empty. There's, uh, you know, the minimalist movement, and you really experiencing what it was to, to lose a whole lot and having that visceral, very life experience happen to you. Um, and and the, I'm going to say the, the five words that came to me of a, a theme, and again, this is what, which, what I thought of was, how could you do less and be more? Mm. So do less and be more. And, and so that emptiness that you're striving for, a lot of, many of us, we fill the void with, with things, with stuff, with information, with our email, with our phones, or with purchasing things. And, and what I'm hearing for you is how could you have less of that, but there's also this sense of you, I'm going to say, stepping into being more. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, that, that's, that's just kind of what I, popped up for me when you said it. And, you know, this is your level, of, next level of, you know, innovation and creativity, but also being a model of what's ahead, a new level of excellence we can all strive for. So that, that's what showed up for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and everyone is welcome to use the hashtag and tweet each of us this year and ask us how we are working on our goals. So if you want to do that at me, you can just go, so what was empty like today? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, Yarit. What, Michelle, what, that what, is... What, how are you going to do this? <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, I just want to, you know, kind of also add to your, your moment of, of stopping and, and looking for empty. I think that is just so important where, you, you know, we're so focused on excellence and, and, and our competitive nature to always go get it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic to frame it in, in, in the language of empty. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of maybe a couple talk show uh, ago where in my breakthrough bite, I was talking about, you know, how corporations have <clears throat> has really just misused the word uh, innovation, where they actually, you know, treat it like a, uh, a regular meeting where, you know, it's a, given a particular time and place and, you know, same meeting office and the expectation is, you know, great breakthrough uh, moments will happen there. Well, it really doesn't happen that way. You, we, we, we as humans, you know, we, we need time to reflect. We need to ponder. You know, we, we need that, uh, that fuzzy downtime to think about the alternative, you know, scenarios that are really creative or are really helpful. So kudos to you. <laughs> uh, I want to say, you know, a salute to Stuart for totally um, transforming uh, every aspect of his life, and I would love to get an alcove in his hand and see how he uses it on his daily travels. Uh, so, Stuart, if you are listening, I, I'll be reaching out to you on that. Uh, f- so, for my, my my kind of 2018 goal or <clears throat> my uh, way of applying my lessons learned, I would say that I, I'm, I'm attempt to be more focused, 
uh, to look at the things that did not go uh, as accordingly to as according to plan. I would look at having more deliberation and focus in in uh, what we do. So part of uh, our journey as entrepreneurs, I also look at it as uh, as an advantage because we're not bogged down by process, but it can also work against us, right? I mean, you know, we're very fluid, and we do things that a corporation would need to have a steering committee and, uh, you know, a standardized process in place. But I do believe that having process does mitigate, you know, uh, things from going awry, uh, namely communication, expectations, uh, or work to be fulfilled as an examples. So the focus that I'd like to have is, you know, bringing that kind of uh, process-oriented uh, um, methodology into the next phase of our, our project. And, uh, Michelle, you know, you have such brilliant authors on monthly that I know our listeners value. And, you know, from time to time, it just ones that are really just hit me over the head and, and uh, the one that I'm I'm still uh, following his process today is Howard Love's uh, J Curve. You know uh, what a brilliant um, kind of outline he's given uh, startups to translate all the learnings that he's had over uh, you know several years, 15 years. I think he's invested in companies uh, or has uh, launched companies. You know he has now a blueprint for executing. Um, uh, a business model, you know, from start to finish. So of the six steps, you know, uh, my, my company, Alcove, has created, we've released, we've gotten feedback and initial validation, and now we're in the morph phase. So now we are kind of, you know, tweaking, if you will, things that we learned from Kickstarter uh, about our customer needs or uh, because, you know, customer needs is not a one-time activity, by the way. <laughs> you, you can always learn about your customers, right? Uh, so uh, the, the whole race of Kickstarter, as intense as it is, was incredibly valuable uh, because it was so compact in a, in a short amount of time. And uh, I think both Sergio and I, my business partner, probably slept for 12 hours after after it was over. But uh, it was it was totally worth it. You know, many, many lessons learned that I could probably spend an entire segment on uh, sharing with people about. But uh, I think, again, to, you know, summarize what my uh, intent and aim is for 2008 is uh, further focus and uh, being uh, more deliberate in, you know, the way we uh, carry out uh, this next phase in our project. So the thing that surfaced for me as I was listening to you uh, talk about that yard, and I'm also sitting here looking at the, the fascinate archetype, just kind of going back and forth between your primary and your secondary. It's going to sound yeah. a little similar uh, to what I said to Jeff, and that is if your primary is mystique, which is the language of listening, and then your secondary yeah. is prestige, which, you know, that's that's the language of excellence, and so we tend to kind of push with that. How about giving yourself the present of listening to yourself this year in a way mm. that allows you to use excellence in a different manner, but use it to focus. 
So it's like, yes, you want to focus, but sometimes when you change the language around, you know, making it drive in the direction you want, that's the only shift you need. And a lot of times we've learned, I mean, from the master Tony Robbins says all the time, it's usually only 1% shift that you need to make. And so what if that 1% for you is using the language of listening? Sure. Yeah. yeah, and responding sooner, and responding sooner, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like if you're using the language before, you probably weren't even remembering that your primary core quality was the language of listening. Where are you? You mean before you, you, you asked us to look at our, our profiles again? Yeah, you probably forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. No, some, something about, I, I recall being um, analytical, something um, for, for the quadrant. That I've always, um, of all personality tests, uh, of, it has been a common theme. But, yeah, listening, you know, I guess analytical kind of mirrors that, right? I mean, I don't think out loud. Yeah, because the difference <laughs> I, I, for mystique is that you're supposed to, you're, you tend to communicate <clears throat> with substance. And I already sure. know this about you. You tend to not say anything, which kind of pulls up the combination of mystique and prestige also is about, you know, elegant, astute, discreet, all those yeah. things that we know about you, um, you know, but people well, may, so who may not have met you in person <laughs> might not know yeah. that about you. But that substance is that thing that, that you um, – it, that just like really rings core to who I know Yard, even if I didn't even know his fascinate, I know Yard mm-hmm. is a man of substance. So now I'm just asking you to, to tap into it in a really different way. Tap into yeah. your substance and your listening to allow you to be in a space of focus. Got it. Yeah. I'm just going to remind listeners that while we've only got about 16 more minutes uh, of live on air, I'm going to allow everybody to talk until we're finished, and that just means that at 16 minutes you won't hear us still talking, but when you go back and listen to the player, it will have continued recording. So I just want to let live listeners know so they don't freak out going, what's happened? I didn't get to hear everything. You'll get to hear everything. We're just going to keep talking until everybody gets their turn. So think us. Yes. What, what's your advice knowing that he's the, the royal guard? You know, the only thing I would say is, and, and you know what, um, you're, you're totally right around the the logical, and I say, you know, even in your plan for next year around focusing on and putting on processes in place, that is very mystique-oriented where you've got a really logical, linear way of thinking, uh, putting processes in. And I say the reason mystique is so important you know, the value you bring is through that active listening. And because you listen so well, while everyone's busy talking in a room or throwing out ideas and the passionate people are getting excited about that idea and the power people are trying to drive and say, let's make a decision and move forward on that idea, what you're doing is you're actually taking in all of the information. And so the, you know, what the, the, you know, the, the idea people or the passion people or even the power people might be missing, you're actually putting mm-hmm. all those pieces together. And it's only after you listen to all of that, and so you might not be able to, in a meeting, drop the, you know, the golden hen <laughs> until the end because you've been so busy listening actively and attentively. And so that's the gift you bring. So continue to leverage that. And I would say, Thank you, you. Know, yeah, and I'd say, 
the only thing to be mindful of, one of the things that caught my attention when you said is that focus on those 10 different things. And, and that's that prestige and, 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 you know, that level of excellence that you bring to the table. And so you want to do great work. It, you know, to you, mediocrity is not in your vocabulary. And so that might mean, again, that, oh, let me, I'll be there for that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And so, again, it's, it's about how do you focus your royal guardness, your, your active listening, your process, linear mindset in a way that's going to elevate, you know, on a specific project or task. Um, and so, you know, again, you know, continue to do what you're doing. Um, and, and again, be mindful of when we bring too much of it, is it actually getting in the way? And that would be my piece to you. Fantastic. Oh, I was just going to let you say something, Yard, before I started talking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. You bet. I think sometimes when um, knowledge gets dropped on people like that, Sinka, especially, um, (laughs) it just kind of puts them, they're almost in paralysis. They don't know what to say next. Yeah, and you know what, and this is the thing, you know, each and every one of you, your fascinated advantage points out your, you know, I call it like your zone of brilliance or that zone of genius. And the thing that gets in each and every one of our way is is when either it's not being, um, I'm going to say, managed well in the sense that, you know, what Stuart was talking about, ma- managing our stress levels um, and you, making sure that we show up at our best. So, you know, having play, having rest and relaxation, putting those things in place, um, or saying yes to too many things. Like that, you know, again, compromises you at your best. And so it's looking at, you know, what are the things that compromise you showing up at your, your best and your fascinated advantages are giving you this lighthouse at, you know, that's pointing you, you know, you know, Stuart, bring more of this. You know, Jeff, bring more of this. Andrea, bring more of that. And, and that's what you're here to do, and everything else is just noise, and how do we get that out of the way? And again, I, I, I speak a lot on this Kool-Aid. However, <laughs> practicing it, <laughs> I struggle with. So, well, speaking um, of practicing, it's time that, for that I figured, I figured it's, a, it's a good point to, yeah, to turn it over to me. And, and so, again, you know, I, as I said, my struggles with my innovation, I, I love it and I loathe it at the same time. It is the gift I bring and it's the pain I put myself under because of the, you know, too many ideas that get me distracted from the things that are most important. And so um, as I look forward to, to moving forward, um, you know, I've put some of this place, stuff in place this last quarter of 2017, but it will be a continued focus for me next year is is really uh, knowing that the busy noise distraction vortex is there. The tornado is there in my life, and I can't get rid of it. And I'm going to apply the 80-20 rule. And the project that's most important to me will be the focus of 20% of my day, 20% of my week, 20% of my quarter, my month. And so I really want to make sure that I have that always taken care of. And then the rest of my life (laughs) can take care of the noise, busy, distraction vortex. So that is the, the urgent work, the fires that need putting out, other people's problems that need um, solving that may not be on my radar or my agenda, and I want to make sure that I honor the, my important work, and that's going to be the focus for me of my, my 20%. And so, you know, that for me is looking like, you know, specific goals that I've outlined that I want to accomplish for the quarter and 
translating that in my week, when I look at my week, what are the one or two things, not a ton of things, but the one or two things that are going to help me achieve that big goal for that quarter. And then building in that, you know, reflection and introspection time to say, okay, now that I've achieved this, where am I going from here? Because what happened and happens to me is I will have this big audacious goal for the year and um, because I don't have these milestone checkpoints in between, one, I may not achieve that goal, or two, I got diverted into another direction. And so I want to have these milestone markers, I'll call them, throughout the year that will have me um, check back in. And um, I do have, you know, I'm gonna call, I call them my power partners, you know, people around me to make sure to keep me honest to what I commit to and people like, you know, my, my, my business partner and in, in business and in life, my husband to be there to, you know, to, to keep me honest, you know, because you said you're going to do this and where are you with this and you're over committing yourself or you're saying yes to too much. And uh, Andrea, I'm taking um, the theme of go for no this year. <laughs> so oh, <good. laughs> no to everything else and yes to, to, to me and my project. And uh, I will I'll keep, keep you posted as things go along. Well, so and I good. think this is also the time where you need to let everybody know about another decision you've made to say no to. Yes, yes. And so so this was, again, you know, reflection over this last uh, last quarter of, you know, where am I going and what am I looking to do? I reluctantly and resistantly uh, and sadly have, uh, you know, chosen this, but it, it has been an important thing to, to say no to, to, to have space for the other projects that I'm moving forward on. And... This will be my last uh, show here as part of the team uh, with you all here on Breakthrough Radio. So, um, Michelle, thank you for the opportunity for the last two years to be part of this. It's been a remarkable experience. I love every call that we've had. You challenging me to, to communicate more clearly and to bring topics that are relevant and applicable to our audience and, and, and also listening in to all of you and what I've taken away from each one of you. So thank you for the opportunity, and I'm sadly um, not moving forward to – it will be one of my going for no's for 2018. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad we were able to be the first one that you were able to <laughs> tap into the go for no on. Um, you know, there was an interesting visual that came to me as I was listening to you talk. So sometimes words show up, sometimes images show up. And I was sitting there just kind of gazing at your archetype, the trendsetter. And in the the three uh, words that Sally has chosen to give people who are trendsetters are cutting edge, elite, and progressive. But interestingly enough, it was the cutting edge that just really kept kind of glowing at me. And so here's the visual I got. While you, if you close your eyes and you see cutting edge, a lot of times that means you're standing on the precipice, the edge of something that you could either fall off of or balance on. And the innovative thing that kind of popped into my head that we both share that really unusual different direction for it was what if you actually allowed yourself to have a mountain of an edge instead of a razor-thin edge? I love that. I love that. That is, you've implanted and imprinted that in my visual brain. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Because there's so much substance to a mountain. Yeah. There's a certain amount of strength that comes to uh, with a mountain. And it's also extremely grounding. 
mm-hmm. which, you know, I would say find yourself a stone uh, on this new property that you guys moved on to a couple of years ago. Just find yourself a stone on your property that really speaks to you and allow that to be with you all the time so that whenever you feel that vortex of you starting to, like, vibrate too rapidly and pull you out of the stable focus, even if you have to pull that stone out of your pocket and hold it in your hand and just breathe for 30 seconds through that stone and stand on your mountain of an edge. Love that. Love that. No, thank you for that. And that will be my takeaway. I'm going to go find a rock. <laughs> Love it. it it's, it's, it'll be a little difficult seeing that we're buried about under a foot and a half of snow here. <laughs> but I will find one. <laughs> Well, I didn't say you had to have it tomorrow. No, I know. You know what? There's a couple of ones. You know what? I'm actually thinking because we've got uh, a beautiful forest uh, in in our back in our in, on our property, and I might actually assign a rock in the forest, which will be when I go and and for my walks, whether it's snowshoeing or you know when the nicer weather comes around, it'll be my pit stop to to hang out at my mountain there. So I love that visual. Yeah, Thank you. That Michelle. totally makes sense. You know yeah. what you reminded me of when you said that. So when I used to have property in Montana, there was a piece of it. We actually found it and bought it on my birthday, which, guys, if you remember, I'm the April 15th baby. We had to walk through two and a half feet of snow just to get to the property, so that tells you how high it was. But there was this area that when we looked at it in the spring, it's really more like a clearing. But during that time of the year, it's like had almost a circle of boulders. And I use that area uh, for a lot of meditation because there's something really powerful about being able to sit on a huge rock, a boulder, and tap into the stillness that that brings you. So, yeah, your answer sounds perfect. Absolutely. Awesome. You know what, Michelle, I am so sorry. I have to, I'm going to have to um, uh, hop off the, the call in the next couple of minutes. So I'm I'm gonna if I say goodbye right now, that way if you're in the midst of conversation I don't want to interrupt. All right. Sounds good. So Thank Andrea, you. it's your turn and hopefully think we won't have to leave before she can share with you her insights. But if she does, I'm sure mine'll probably be enough to put your head into a twirl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain. Well, yeah, it's it's um so my big failure with the book cover and now the um end of the story which was I we we finally um gave up control hired a book designer a cover designer spent um of course more much much more money um did it the right way did it the way we should have done from the beginning and so that is a relaunch project for 2018 so it'll be exciting to see um where it goes but it i mean either way it sometimes i think these lessons have to be this painful because if they're not this painful like the second time wasn't painful it was just like all right let's make a change and it was it wasn't difficult and it wasn't expensive. It was just a little frustrating. This was a really painful, expensive lesson. So hopefully it's uh, uh, we've learned it. So what are you going to do um, as far as support when you get caught in that situation since you've already shared with us that there's been multiple times you've learned this lesson 
but maybe the support that you needed to shift gears wasn't strong enough for you. Yeah, you know, it's been something that we both, and since my husband and I are in the business together, we have, I, I hope that we've we've started to call each other on it and have some humility and some coachability and some willingness to look and say, you know what, we're not, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we like to think we do, um, and we have to step back and admit that we're not experts in this particular area like we think, you know, that we are or that we envision that we want to be. And so um, I, it really is coming down to being honest and being um, having the humility enough to say, all right, there's someone who knows better and um, and to slow down and step back and do things the right way. Part of it is really challenging because so much of what I find the mistakes are, Michelle, or it's, it's creativity and it's, like I said, it's wanting to maintain that control over things and not let go and just say, you know, there's people do this for a reason. Like there's people, this so is remind why. remind me again then what's your primary core quality and your secondary core quality? So it is um, mystique first and prestige second. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So the two of you share that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Let's, look, look how differently both you and Yard wear that though. Um, hmm. Because when I heard you talk about this challenge, I thought, okay, wait a minute, you've done this before. And the other thing that surfaced for me when I heard that, Andrea, is you shared something with me a couple of years ago um, when you had some questions. And so I, I gave you, like, some coaching around things that you could do with your marketing, and it was really more around social media marketing and helping you learn how to fine-tune Mm-hmm. your strategy with your execution. And you said something to me because I tend to be real straightforward. You said, you know, one of the things I like about when you give me advice, Michelle, is that you don't pussyfoot around. You just tell me what it is is the problem and then what I need mm-hmm. to do to fix it. And you said, and I appreciate the fact that I don't have to wade through a lot of stuff to figure out what I need to do. And And so my question to you is, in having that surface again today when I was listening to you is what are you going to allow yourself to stop pussyfooting around in executing what you've already learned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, that, that is a great question. And I guess at this point, um, I don't I mean I don't know. You know, it's 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 one of these things where the, these things come up and I have to be mindful of when I find that I'm doing it again. I I guess that's the best answer I can think of at the moment. Mm. Yeah, because I remember at the top of the show when I was talking about besides sharing the problem, have you learned how to recognize it when you're making the mistake. And that sounds like that's the area of opportunity for you on this one. It's mm-hmm. And you mentioned being uncoachable. You mentioned being stubborn. <laughs> and so, you know, Stuart talked a lot about how fluidity has allowed him to gain some really 
great different insights. So like Spinka, I was sharing with her to use a rock. That would be like the last thing I would tell you to use because you don't need more grounding in something you're already stubborn on. I'd share with you how are you going to use water this year to allow you to learn how to be more fluid? Absolutely, yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, and and I think it comes down to um it it comes down to you know, we talk about all of these failures and um and sometimes I think that in like the desire to succeed and the desire to have all the answers you really have to step back and I've learned I have to step back and say, you know, I'm not the expert in this and I don't know what I'm doing and um and to be open exactly like what you're saying is is to be more fluid and just just say you know um we have to be open and and do more testing and we were really actually good about that in other areas um and being really open minded just sometimes there's these things that we hold on to so tightly for no reason. And I, that's why I said it comes down to sometimes just creativity reasons or a vision reason, you know, like this is what our vision was. And so nobody's going to pry this vision out of my cold, dead hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's being willing to step back and having that fluidity and being open-minded and finally needing somebody that we were, you know, that we trusted to to just say, yeah, you guys, screwed up again and then in that moment instead of fighting against it and saying well wait a minute and we wanted to be creative and we wanted to be different we just said okay (laughs) okay we give up so i'd be curious to ask yard since the two of you share both primary and secondary core qualities what do you hear in when andrea was sharing this that you might be able to to give her some insights on because sometimes the best person to gain insights from is the person who walks the same path. Yeah, sure. That's great. I would say from a lot of what you said, I could relate to um, in the sense that, you know, we, we have this idea and, you know, we think we know that it's going to work, but at times, you know, we, we, we feel the ownership, you know, we, we, we get paralyzed with the ownership of it. Uh, and, you know, I guess for, as far as recommendation, I would almost say 90% of what you think your, you know, your idea is, is not going to translate to your customer. So mm-hmm. the sooner you can get it, the sooner you can get it, just put it in their hands and ask them to react to it, you know, in some way, and actually it'd be, you know, more structured, uh, the, the sooner you'll get to where you want to be with the right copy, the right graphic, you know, the right marketing. Uh, and it's incredible to me because I'm sure all the juicy stuff is inside the book. <laughs> but oh, sure. <laughs> they, can't, they can't even get there because, you know, the – the hook, if you will, the, the one of the things that draws them to your, um, you know, your writing is the first thing that they see. So they're already, you know, forming 
things about what's going to be inside the book based on, on the cover. And it just goes to show how incredibly powerful such simple things like graphics are, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and businesses, you know, they, they still are, you know, putting this under um, uh, priority, right. That's like secondary or, or, or tertiary, uh, but it needs to be upfront, you know, with the fundamental strategy of anything that you execute on. Um, because these are things that, uh, at this point, you know, there's very little differentiation, right? I mean, of course, there's the story, right, that they'll get into of your book. But if I got, I kind of bubble it up and, and use, you know, products as an analogy, you know, technology, there's never been a more accessible time for uh, people to integrate various technologies in their products. Uh, you know, I... I, 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 I typically share this story about just how little things are today where people are making incredibly important decisions. And, and let's talk about cars, for instance. I had a, a good friend that uh, was interested in a Cadillac or SRX and got down to that and a couple others, but, you know, it was all gun ho about it until the person saw it in person, you know, and, and test drove it. And after the test drive, the comment was, I just can't get past their, uh, the importance they place on Chrome. So let's move on to the mm-hmm. other two cars. I mean, this is almost $50,000 car. And the thing that killed Cadillac was the, the, the Chrome side skirts, you know, and styling that they, they put on their vehicle. Because, you know, think about it. Everyone has it. All manufacturers offer SUVs. They're all leather. They're all, you know, equipped with the tech packages that we all see and use. So what, what are the things that are really kind of helping to give your customer the excuse to go elsewhere? And, and I, I think that's the thing that you want to get to uh, as soon as possible is like, you know, giving them, giving them the opportunity to say yes instead of looking for an excuse to move on and browse elsewhere. Yep, so ab- yeah, absolutely. Different is different is not necessarily um, in some industries. Different is yeah. not necessarily better. And and, you have and to honestly, yeah. Now ways. that I'm now that I'm I'm thinking about it, it goes rightly right to what you were talking about earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. They put that big chrome, you know, side skirt thing, and to try to be different, and it was stylistic. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't, you know, a meaningful um, kind of aspect of the, the the form or the function or aerodynamics it was just a, a slap a stylistic you know paint and when you treat design or when you treat your your product or service uh, like that you you're, you're missing the point you know you're, you're missing how you really connect with you know your customers so you got to d- dive down further and, and get at those uh, latent needs and that takes so a constant interaction before I ask Jeff to give you some feedback, Andrea, I want to um, share something that surfaced as I was listening to both of you, and that is, one, Yard is giving you advice from the startup world, and the way you can actually leverage that is you've already got Buku readers, so why aren't you actually emailing your readers and giving whoever the first 50 are that respond uh, some kind of gift and get their feedback and A/B test your book covers. That's that's pretty simple. You already got the audience to do it. Right. Well, and we did do that on this third round. 
Yes. Not on the second round and not on the first round. <laughs> okay. Well, something tells me Jeff has got some advice for you. <laughs> well, it's short and sweet because I think uh, everybody has sort of covered it. But to me, it's it's funny in a not haha sense that I mean, I, I'm for those that know me, they know I'm a mechanical and manufacturing engineer. So in theory. We don't know how to do anything, but we know how to find everything. And I, I say that, you know, kind of with a smile. But when when I went to school, is they told us, yeah, sure, you, you know how to do math and physics and you know basic stuff like that, but you you'll run into problems and challenges all the time, and you just got to figure it out. So you need, you don't necessarily need to know everything; you need to know where to look it up. And the sort of funny haha part was, and I've used it a few times myself, is using Fiverr or other third-party services to find or do stuff and. I think very much like Andrea said, is sometimes you have to fail a few times before you finally realize, huh, there's a better way. And it takes it takes a few sort of uh, gut punches or or whatever to make you realize. But yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I think Jared said it too. It's I, I wrote down hook the book, but it's that, that visual on the cover sets the stage for a lot of stuff. And I think going the, through the path the path that you went through. Unfortunately, it had some trials and tribulations, but I think if you, you wouldn't have gone through those paths, you, you probably would. I mean, it's, it's, if everything is easy all the time, then mm-hmm. it, it, sets, it sets a completely different expectation. And you know, having a silver spoon, uh, not, not that uh, myself or a lot of other folks I know have that, but they, a lot of folks I know that have had sil- sort of a silver spoon and been spoon-fed everything their whole life, they don't always have a lot of common sense. And I'd like to think that all of us on this radio show have tons of common sense, sometimes through trial and trial and trial by going for no and failing more than a few times. So I, I guess my, my only advice was, yeah, I think it's the, the, the challenges and you already hit the nail on the head is the, the meat is in the book, but you've got to get them to get the book and open the book before you can even get them to look at the details and how to, in Andrew's case, to go for no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Well, it's it's down to that part where usually every year what I do is I allow you guys to just what's your what's your thirty seconds that you want to leave for listeners um, as we round out the year. So whether it's something that you're sharing from yourself or if it's advice you're sharing with them, but what what's that thirty seconds you want to leave them with um, as we're going into twenty eighteen, and we'll go in order, Jeff. Okay, 30 seconds. I'll try and make it less, that or less. So for me, the world is changing. I mean, it's not a surprise it's been changing for, I guess, thousands of years. But the way that things in my world, the technology world, they're, they're speeding up and there's the ever-present challenge. And it goes back to what I just said is you definitely can't know everything. So I think what I'm going to focus on for the radio segments next year, just like I have for the last 15-plus segments, is – try and get people a primer or primer on some of the new technologies that are coming their way and as at least as a way to approach them and address them. So between artificial intelligence and autonomous electric vehicles and blockchain and Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency, those things, even though I've covered some of them in the past, they're changing and I'll probably readdress bits and pieces of them in 2018. I would say in 2018, expect interesting leadership lessons for me from the perspective I'm I'm going to be putting that twist on it all the time of how can you get there through stillness, how can being 
empty allow you to actually tap into the best of who you can be as a leader? What about you, Yard? Yeah, it will continue uh, with my mission of my breakthrough segment, Future Workforce, and it, it revolves around helping our listeners uh, future-proof their career. As uh, Jeff mentioned, I mean, there's just a phenomenal change happening in pretty much all aspects of our lives, and that is spilling over into the workplace. Uh, Stuart is a, is a perfect example of, of you know, albeit a, an extreme example, of becoming a digital nomad, but you know, I, I have, I have a proclamation that uh, you know, in some way, form, or fashion, everyone will free- freelance in the future. Um, so, what does that mean for you in your career, and how do you develop it as it goes from tenured-based to, you know, short project-based uh, 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 sprints? Uh, there is a lot of in between to figure out and. As I'm learning, I uh, get uh, great satisfaction sharing with everyone on the show. And what about you, Andrea? Well, I think I'll just leave everybody with this, which is um, the thing that I believe in is when you start a project like the one that we have done, this um, 10-book series, um, it's not giving up. And I you know, I've done this with everything. It took go for no 10 years to finally hit um, number one on Amazon's sales list. And I, this, this book project, it may take years before I finally, finally find an audience. But I mean, my message is it's just keep trying because there is a way through usually. And, and it may take failure after failure after failure. And we, tested the inside and we, we tested um, how we wanted to organize the story and we didn't test the cover. So we learned a painful lesson, painful and frustrating, but um, I'm not giving up. And that is just something that is a core value of who I am is, is when I start something and I believe in it. Um, to me, it's, it's, I certainly have goals that are timed, but it's, it's not a matter of um, if I stick with something, it's just a matter of when. It's, it's how long will it take. So that's just what I want to leave everyone with is, um, is to have the don't give up spirit. Well, this is just a quick reminder that we will be back on air Monday, January 8th with Jeff Shuey, and our featured guests will be Sharna Goldseeker and Michael Moody, the co-authors of Generation Impact, How Next-Gen Donors Are Revolutionizing Giving. And some of you might be going, why are we talking about uh, next-generation donors? And I'm going to say, if you're going to be an impactful entrepreneur or CEO or founder, you've got to learn to live within the circle of business, and it means that we need you to be as generous and as prosperous so that you can actually give back and complete that circle. So I'm looking forward to what we may learn from both Sharna and Michael because we always know we end up learning lessons even from the most unexpected places. So I want to thank everybody for coming today and listening to our year-end episode and what all our lessons were for 2017 and what our goals are for 2018. And we're definitely here to learn what you might want to accomplish, so you can always let us know that, whether you choose to email us at thebreakthroughspecialist at gmail.com 
or choose to use the hashtag BBS Radio. We will be back here for you on Monday, January 8th with Jeff Shuey and myself. And everyone have a wonderful, happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I look forward to talking to you in the new year. So as I always say at the end of every show, ah, you know, it is, (laughs) and I'm having a brain uh, freeze all of a sudden. Don't you just love it when that happens to yourself when you're doing a live show? But as we do say, because your feedback's important to us, make sure you let us know that. But this is Michelle Price here with Breakthrough Radio, delivering you the best business minds each Monday live. We're coming to you from the third coast of Houston, Texas, where we work with you a business down the street or around the world, telling your dynamic story, attracting your ideal customers. We'll talk with you on the 8th.